I'm so excited for my daddy's podcast, and it's going to start right now. Welcome to Volume 2 of the Lessons for Success show, the podcast heard by nearly 3,000 students, teachers, coaches, and others across the world. I'm your host, Adam Wardlaw, a middle school science teacher and high school football coach in South Carolina, USA. The goal of each episode is to share the stories of various people and the life lessons they've learned along their journeys. Before we get started, be sure you're following the show on all of our social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even TikTok. Simply search L4S Show. Just remember, it's the number four. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Lessons for Success Show YouTube channel, where all episodes are uploaded. If you're an educator, coach, or business leader, feel free to send the links to these episodes directly to your students or employees so they can benefit as well. Without further ado, let's start the show. Daddy, who's the guest on your podcast this week? This week's guest is Coach Evie Casagrande from Orlando Pride Soccer. In this episode, Coach Casagrande shares her personal journey growing up and how she made her way into the soccer profession. Her story is powerful for many reasons, and I'm pumped for y'all to hear her testimony. You can keep up with Coach on Twitter at Evie Casagrande. Enjoy. All right. Thank you so much, Adam, for inviting me to be part of the your amazing initiative and podcast. Um, so my name is Evie Casagrande, and I'm a strength conditioning coach for the Orlando Pride, uh, which is a professional team in the NWSL League here in Orlando. Um, and then I started that job position in last, last year, April. So I um, becoming my second season. Unfortunately, we had to suspend after our first preseason week um, after the coronavirus, but um, hopefully this will all end soon for everybody. Everybody's going to, you know, go through this and we'll go, go back to, to season. Uh, but I'm originally from Brazil. I grew up in Brazil and um, I grew up playing soccer actually. And I was the only girl in a lot of my uh, young years playing soccer. I was playing soccer with boys because uh, it was not really big in Brazil. And there's still a lot of, prejudice back then with girls playing soccer so grew up there uh all my family is there and then I grew up playing futsal which is a small version of soccer which is pretty much a in an indoor facility for v4 plus goalkeeper so we're really where all us Brazilians really learn how to uh, how to be really skilled with the ball I think it, it comes from a lot of the futsal uh experience there and then when i was about 14 15 years old i um i decided to to go try out for a soccer um tryouts for the national team it was a under 17 tryout that was going on on my in my city and my uncle said oh you know you should try it out and i'm like oh i'd never never really played soccer per se i played futsal which is completely different um, didn't even have cleats. So he's like, well, we'll go to the store, we'll buy you cleats and we'll go there and just see how, how it is. Um, so I went there, I was about 15 years old and a pretty scary time for me. Cause I, 
there's about 200 uh, girls, really good players that used to it were used to playing soccer um and then i ended up actually making through the final 22 uh that was was selected for the state team um and i was pre-selected for the u17 national team so i was in between nine players that was pre-selected for for that um but only three of those was selected actually went to camp and stuff but uh for me it was a really big um accomplishment um and i decided to really invest in soccer um so i was lucky that my parents uh really helped me out with providing all the resources and everything for me to be able to play and sports psychologist because i was really not confident um when i was young i was i think because i was the only girl playing uh with boys almost all my life, all my, until the 14, 15 years old. Um, so, um, I had all the, the good resources to, to get to where I wanted to be and, uh, always wanted to go to the U S because that's where I knew that I could study and also play at a competitive level, which in Brazil, we can, cannot really do that. You can, you have to choose between being a professional soccer player and then that's it. That's it. Um, and that at that young age, 15, I still wanted to go to college. I still wanted to, to learn and get a bachelor's degree and, uh, because I knew that soccer was not forever. And um, I wanted to be a doctor at the time. So um, I was um, – so I pretty much got a, a scholarship to go to an American school in my hometown in, in, in Brazil uh, where I would actually be able to play – and study everything in English. So learn the, the, the language, learn the culture, and being able to uh, still have training in the facility, in the school, after hours. So that was nice, because before I was, I was uh, in a professional uh, team for about two years, where I was in school until 12, and then I had to like get three different trains and two buses to get to train. Uh, in the other side of the city and um, spend the entire day there training and then back home uh, about 11 p.m. every day and I was studying at one of the hardest schools uh, during that time and I just got to a point that I could not handle that because I again I still wanted to to get my degree my high school degree and but also be able to play soccer so when that opportunity came from uh, the American school is the perfect thing for me to still study and, and be prepared for the life in America and, uh, and play. So I gather a bunch of videos of me playing and a bunch of tournaments. I was working really hard to, to be prepared physically, mentally, uh, to the demands of being a, a student athlete in, in America. And I had a really good guidance of of people around me to really tell me what I really needed to be doing to be successful here. Um, and I was fortunate enough that I, I got a, a scholarship, a full scholarship uh, at the time for University of Tampa um, in Florida. But I think it was about four or five months before I was ready to go. Um, they canceled the budget for the school that year. So they had to cancel that scholarship. And I was pretty, pretty um, 
upset and I was really desperate because you know how how early you have to be um, on that process of getting a scholarship in, in those colleges and universities. So um, kind of wasn't a little, um, a little chaos for me trying to figure it out what I, what I was going to do because all the schools kind of had already set the budget for the year. Um, but I was able to have one coach coming to watch me play uh, from University of Dayton, Mike Tucker at the time. And um, he watched me play, came to Brazil, and really liked my, my style of play. But he didn't have the budget to offer me a full scholarship. But he was the key point to help me and, and talk to other coaches. So um, I think at the time I got five full scholarships um, because of his help, because he was sending, sending videos to all of his colleagues and, and coaches in the area. Um, so I chose... Bowling Green State University, uh, Ohio, which in the middle of nowhere, um, but I was uh, excited to kind of really dive into the culture, the American culture. I didn't want to go to a place where I would really see a lot of Brazilians and a lot of, you know, I, I just wanted to be uh, immersed and I knew that was going to be hard, leaving all my family and be able to, having to go by myself and and and, you know, leave everything behind and then just start a new life. But um, starting, uh, just talking about it now, like I've, I would never choose another place uh, back then because it really shaped who I am. And it was a really hard four years because I, I dealt with a bunch of different challenges all throughout. Uh, my first week, I, they, they told me not to be around the team for 15 days because of the NCAA rule on um, eligibility for the grades I had in Brazil because I think the NCAA didn't really understand the, the grade system in Brazil, so they thought I didn't have enough um, GPA to be playing. So we had to appeal, and during that day, that was during that week was just my first week by myself in, in America, and it was just really hard because I was stuck in my – my uh dorm room and didn't I didn't even have the money for my scholarship to get book to get books or um be, have access to my meal plans and stuff so um it was a little scary because they they told me that I had to go back to Brazil if that wouldn't resolve so and I didn't want it at all to go back to Brazil because that was always been my dream and um but then I everything worked out after um, probably 20 days they appealed and they uh, told me I was eligible to play. So um, I had a really tough four years because we had three different coaches in four years. Um, and then trying to figure out the style of play, which is really different from what I used to in Brazil. It's really physical and there's a lot of uh, uh, aggressive, more aggressive than Brazil. So my first two years in college, I spent kind of being in the weight room, trying to get as much muscle mass as I could. Um, and trying to be more aggressive player um, because that was really a shock for me. Um, so I, I finished my bachelor's. I got my pre-med applied health science degree. So I was pretty much that athlete that uh, I was all about just studying and, and, and playing soccer. I really didn't go out actually to enjoy uh college life until my senior year when I was done with 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 soccer because I knew that I had to go through that 
um, in order to be successful. And I wanted to be, a, uh, you know, a good student. I wanted to have a high GPA. And with English having been my second language, not my first, I knew that I had to do way more than the usual, you know, uh, student athlete. Um, and being in a pre-med, you could imagine that it's always way harder to because of the the difficulty of classes and stuff and, and being able to all um, doing that at the same time. But uh, it was amazing, amazing experience for me. I, I ended up having a, a bachelor's degree in applied health science pre-med and um, done with soccer. Uh, after that, I decided to go to California. Um, and then it was really random because I just wanted to kind of go away from Ohio a little bit and, and live the the big city and, and kind of figured out what I wanted to do with my life. I was trying to go to med school, was studying for the MCAT at the time. And um, I took I took the MCAT twice. I went to California with my 1997 Nissan Altima car with everything I had in my trunk um, and just wanted to pretty much figure things out in California and make sure if that medical school is really for me or I needed to have an, another closure from soccer because I did, really didn't have a good experience uh, athletically I, in, in my own um, goals and objectives as a player. So I was trying, also trying to get to Europe uh, to play professionally. I, I got a sports agent, ended up uh, spending a lot of my money that I didn't have on him. Uh, I sold my computer to pay f for his fees uh, on top of on top of the um, Kaplan MCAT course that I was doing at the same time. Um, and at the time, I was just by myself in California with little help from my family financially, just because they they couldn't help. Um, and then trying to find different jobs to pay for living there. I had a family that was nice enough to provide me housing for the first six months of my stay there. Um, and then after that, I had to figure things out. So it was really hard to find a job because as an international student, you're really limited on the jobs that you can have. Um, so I couldn't be a waitress, for example, or because it's not, it was not legal for me uh, with the student visa to do that. So it had to be something related to my my field, which was pre-med applied health science. So you could imagine how hard it is because in the medical field, you have to mm -hmm. at least have the medical degree to, to work as a nurse or something like that. And at the, at, at that point I was just a pre-med. Um, so really, really tough times. Um, and I was, uh, but again, I was always positive. I knew that that experience was going to bring me something good and it was going to make me grow. Um, and then I, I finally got a medical scribe job. That was the only job that I could actually be exposed to the hospital setting and, um, and being not hands-on, but at least being exposed to the, the medical field and understanding if that was actually what I wanted to do or not. Um, so I had five different jobs at that time. I had two paid jobs, which was, yeah, I was a <laughs> medical scribe, which was crazy to think now <laughs> when I think about back then I'm like oh my gosh crazy but um I was a medical scribe um so it was a part-time job and then I was um um just a coach just coaching kids in parks um which was really hard because you couldn't really trust that income because a lot of the times you 
your athlete would get hurt or is, is young athlete. So there's not a lot of really consistency there. And the other three jobs was, was all volunteer. So I was volunteering at a, a cancer hospital in Los Angeles, um, City of Hope, one of the best cancer hospitals there. I was doing uh, research there, doing research at uh, University of Irvine. Um, and, um, and then I was studying for the MCAT. Uh, I was doing the Kaplan course at the same time. I was just trying to figure things out. And, um, and I was coaching in a um, kids for like four-year-olds. It's called Happy Feet, just kind of uh, introducing soccer to young kids. Um, so it was a really tough year, but at the same time, really made me realize what I really wanted to do. First of all, I like, uh, lost a lot of money on that sports agent that pretty much ran away and didn't really find me a club um and I couldn't communicate with him after that um and then I realized that I could not afford medical school because as an international student you really don't have a lot of um um for example scholarships or loans that you can have it's really hard um at that time so I just made the decision to, um, and I was pretty fortunate that I had a, my sports psychologist in Bowling Green. She was the director of a graduate students, uh, graduate school in, in Bowling Green, um, the kinesiology department. Um, so I reached out to her and she's like, well, Evie, we have a master's of kinesiology and you can be a graduate assistant at the same time. Um, and for me, that was the perfect idea because I still wanted to, to be more involved with the sports and be still involved with health. So kinesiology for me would be the best um, mix of both. Um, and kind of coaching, being a graduate assistant, I was teaching courses at the, and the bachelor's level for students, uh, exercise science classes. And then I was also a graduate assistant for the team that I actually played for. Uh, Division One women's soccer team, Bowling Green, um, as a sports performance coach, which was uh, something new that at the time, like it, now it's becoming more, more and more common to have sports performance coaches. But at the time I was um, one of the, the first ones there in the university that has sports performance background. And it was a, a great, great two years of my master's. Uh, I learned a lot. I was able to learn the theory but also apply and and I had good coaches in that program that allow me to try things on with the team and and learn with my mistakes at the time I didn't have a lot of mentors uh locally that would guide me through things so um I was able to do some internships and apply for like really big dream internships that I always dreamed about which was exos uh, sports performance um Jim at the time where it was really competitive to get in uh, their internship program. Um, but I did try my first year of my master's in the summer because I wanted to get more experience on it. Uh, and I ended up actually um, being accepted to, but it was in Los Angeles. So here I am back to try to go to California and try to pay for bills, which was really hard decision. Uh, but at the same time, I knew that I, I, I had to do something about it. Um, because I knew that opportunity was going to open doors. So with help with a, of a family that I lived um, during my master's, they helped me out a little bit. And 
my parents helped me with what they could and I was saving some pennies from the, my graduate assistantship. I was able to get a couch in California, Los Angeles for four months with my friends and, um, and then, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. to get three buses and get to Carson um, to be able to do that internship, which I did it with a smile on my face every day because that was my dream. And I was able to coach a bunch of professional athletes, um, NFL players and, and Premier League players and all those players that I always dreamed about meeting. And I was actually coaching them throughout that internship. I also did an internship with LA Galaxy during the same time, uh, since Exos had a partnership with them during that time. And it was just the perfect opportunity for me. And it opened the doors and made me meet um, who are my current, my current uh, mentors right now, Ben Ashworth and Kelly Sterrett. Um, ben is, was a physio, physical therapist from Arsenal first team and opened the doors for me to go to Europe the next year and do a professional development trip, which again, it's all about, you know, I didn't have enough money at all, but just being able to know that those opportunities will, will be really important for me and trying to find a way to get there. And, and I had friends all over the world and I just asked them to stay in their couch. Um, so my second year of master's in the summer, I, I spent two months just traveling around by myself and learning from all different coaches in Arsenal and FC Basel and Aston Villa and just learning from the best there and, and picking people's brains. And they were all really receptive and, um, really eager to have me there uh, as a young coach trying to, you know, learn and asking questions. So um, after that, after my master's, I, I was, I wanted, I needed a, to get a job um, to pay for bills. So I was applying everywhere and I got a director of sports performance job in a youth athletic training facility in Michigan, uh, Redline Athletics, which was a big step for me especially with leadership being the director and uh, starting something from ground zero because it was the first, the first facility in Michigan. So we started from, you know, from scratch and being able to apply my methodology with them uh, and learning everything and, and making mistakes. And that, that was amazing. So that was 2017. Well, that was 2018, actually. Um, I stay there for a year and five months. Um, at the same time, I was uh, invited to be um, a U.S. soccer network um, sports scientist. So pretty much I was working per diem for U.S. youth national teams, uh, traveling around camps and being the sports scientist from them. And that was another amazing opportunity that I was able to do while I was at Redline. And it was pretty much my the best year professionally that I was able to learn so much and keep, you know, asking questions and stuff. Um, and that's when at the end of, at the beginning of 2019, that's when um, I saw that Orlando was um, looking for a strength conditioning coach and another, one of my mentors knew the coach and say, you know, uh, they're asking if I know somebody and I put your name out there and, um, they told me to apply a bunch of people told me to apply so I applied and was able to get in and, and I started right away um, drove all the way to Orlando and started 
my life here, which has been amazing, amazing experience. So long story. Sorry, it was really long, but oh, no, it was an amazing story. Is, <laughs> but it's just a, it's it's good a story to tell. You know, young kids and the young coaches that you know you can always be where you want it to be. Like if you have a dream, you have to work for it and it's going to be hard and it's going to be stressful and sometimes you're going to be by yourself. And, but at the end, I know things will always work out if you're willing to put all your effort there. And, you know, so, so it's been, it's been a great, a great, uh, less, I would say four or five years. You know, coach, as I'm listening through your story, especially early on, you know, the word that keeps popping in my mind is, is just adversity and, um, how, how throughout it just seemed like you kind of had some things stacked against you or maybe things you kind of had to do it in a more difficult way that others might not have had to for the people out there who listen to this, that might be going through, um, that similar path where it just seems like, you know, constantly there's something up there up against what's mm-hmm. a word of advice that you could lend out to those people that might be going through a similar situation. I think it's always important and I, I always tell this, it's important for you to know where you're at right now and where you will, where you want to be. What's your long-term goal and that roadmap. And that's something that my, my mentor Ben always advised me to do and, and just write down where you are right now, where you want to be and your, what's your long-term goal and what are the steps that you need to, to take to get to that, to that level, to get to that goal. And again, the role is going to be full of different paths and it's not going to, not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the way you're envisioning. It's uh, sometimes it's just, you know, it's just things that you can't control is going to happen. They're going to happen. And like one thing that is happening is exactly that coronavirus, right? Like how one thing can definitely like stop the entire world. And you, you have to stop and think, you know, like as long you think that you have control of everything in your life, but you don't. Uh, so understanding that there is some curveballs, there's going to be challenges that you just have to deal with it. Um, and I was always really um, optimistic about everything. So I was always really ambitious and I'm always trying to find the, the good thing about things and uh, not focus too much on, on things that you can control, which it's easy to say, right? But, um, but just always keep that long-term goal um, and then always keep striving to improve yourself as, as a person, as a coach and all that, that kind of thing. And um, it's really important and it's going to be, it's going to be a hard and a hard road. It's, for me, like, especially now when things are going too well, I get into that kind of <laughs> anxious mode that I'm like, this is going too well. Like, where is the, the challenge coming? Is it going to come? Because I'm waiting for it. Um, because I'm just so used to kind of like, okay, there's a challenge. Okay, I'll go through it. But it's going to be fine because, you know, you work hard to do something. And, and people see the hard work. And I think a lot of people sometimes get frustrated because they they're trying to get to that position uh, the high profile position that professional position and a lot of them forget that they have to be present in where they are right now so that's something that when I was in, in Bowling Green State University as a, as a master's student that's one thing that I always kept in mind of like 
I'm not just trying to be at the professional level right now. I'm trying to be the best version, best coach that I can be right now with those group of, of athletes. And that group of athletes, they literally shaped who I am today and shaped to be the coach that I am today at the professional level. Without them and without me really putting that effort in those um, early days, I wouldn't be here. So I think sometimes the big advice for me is don't just focus on the outcome. You know, you just have to focus on the process and be the best that you can be on that process and do challenge yourself, challenge others, ask questions. Um, and that's, I think that's how, how you should, you should be doing, you know, so you can be really successful and, and achieve what you want to achieve. Coach, I appreciate you so much giving me your time this afternoon. If if the people out there listening, if any of them wanted to keep up with you and some of the things you guys are doing down in Orlando, what would be the best way they can um, keep up with you guys or maybe even reach out to you? Yeah, so I uh, I post a lot of my stuff on Twitter. So I, I really like to share my stuff. I'm not one of those that keep, keep it secret, you know. Uh, but, um, Twitter or Instagram or even my email, um, I V I K Casa Grande at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to reach out. I love to talk with other coaches, talk to young coaches, to young kids and whatever I can help. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I appreciate the time Coach Casagrande took in order to join me on the show, and I thought her story is a great testament to handling adversity. Let's review this lesson for success. In our conversation, Coach shared that along her journey, she encountered a great deal of adversity, from growing up and competing as boys to the long days of training. If you're listening and you're going through some tough moments, Coach shared that you need to keep your goals in mind. List out the steps that it's going to take to reach these goals. Understand that as you navigate through these steps, things are not going to go perfectly. Roadblocks will pop up when you least expect them. Be ready to handle the curveballs that life's going to throw at you. Coach felt that what gave her an advantage was focusing on the positives in every situation. Never stop striving to improve yourself as a person, and in the grand scheme of things, you're going to be all right in the end. That's it for this episode of the Lessons for Success podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to screenshot the episode and share it on social media. Before you close the app, be sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also tune into the daily episodes of the show, as well as some of the past interviews we've had with a variety of guests. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time on the Lessons for Success show podcast. <laughs>